Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody going today? Doing today? <laughs> This is She Podcast, the show about women in podcasting from, or actually, not even know. I don't even know what kind of show this is. This is a show where we talk about podcasting from the women's point of view, which I think is an easier way to say things. So here we are. And today, my lovely co host, Jess Kufferman is traveling. She is in the chat today. If y'all were here live to watch us record, but alas, I have the most amazing co host today, Danielle Corbett, who I am so excited that she said yes because I just found out that we needed a co host like at the end of last week. So thank you so much. She is from WOC Podcasters. She's the boss lady over there, and she's done some incredible things, which I'm sure we're all going to be.、Um, Talking about here during the show, too, because I think it all comes into, into the conversation, of course, of here. So I'm so excited to have you here, Danielle. Thanks. Yay. Thank you for thinking of me, Elsie. Thank you so much. Of course. It's like when I started to look, it was so funny because I had a lot of the articles already done. When you said yes, I was like, oh, she's going to love to talk about some of this stuff because it was really relevant. There were a lot of really great. Bits of information that came out through the scene today.、Yes. So exciting week! Exciting week. Yeah, I know. Oh my gosh, y'all are doing great so far. Yes, Jess. <laughs> It's been a few seconds since we launched. Oh my God. And again, everybody that's watching or anybody who is listening to the show, we were going to have links in the show notes to everything, especially how you can connect and follow and watch what Danielle has been doing. In the space, which it really does merit some time for you to spend in that. So, moving on today, why don't we go into the news? The news you can use for the informed podcaster, podcasting news. All right. All right. All right. So, this was the biggie news at the end of last week. Danielle. I don't know. And I actually have been talking about Alex for a long time from Call Her Daddy. But it seems like, and this is still hearsay. I mean, there are a lot of folks that are reporting on it, particularly this week. But obviously, there's nothing concrete or anything like this. But this actually came from the、uh, Wall Street Journal, which is nuts. It seems that Spotify is looking to scoop up Alexander Cooper from Call Her Daddy. For around $20 million. How's about that? Do you know、um, about Alex by any chance? Have you? I did not. You did not know I did not.、Alex. I have never heard of her podcast. Before, oh my gosh.、So. Oh my gosh, Danielle. <laughs> We're going to gossip here really quickly because I have to give、okay. you the head. I got to give you the scoop. Give me the tea. Yeah, I'm going to give, give the you、tea. the scoop on that. So th I'm sure that there's a lot of folks out there who also don't know who Alex is. But anyway, right around last year, I would say, I think it was right around this time, John. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but right, maybe a little earlier in the year of 2020. She's with Barstool Sports right now, which is heavily, heavily skewed white dude with like sports guys. Very not cool for the majority of us, right? So, Call Her Daddy came up and it was a co hosted show with two young millennial women who would just talk about their sex lives, essentially. And it was doing really well. Like, the audience in Barstool Sports really kind of aligned with them and it started to do really well. And then there were some contract negotiations because they were obviously they had a lot of following in there. So they, they had a little bit of push. And one of the co hosts, not Alexandra, Sophia, 
was very pushy about the whole thing. She was like, I need more money. Um, this is totally unacceptable. And she was holding up, closing the deal to move forward. And all of, like, literally everything exploded. And all of a sudden, Ale um, Alex and Sophia got in a huge fight. It was a huge, like insane thing Sophia ended up leaving the show then Alex was by herself we didn't know what was gonna happen finally Alex negotiated them for the thing and she had to start the show essentially all by herself having had a, a co-host show first and moving forward with that because of just the circumstances you know so at first and everybody in the industry and podcasting was talking about this last year everyone because it was one of the first IP fights that you saw out there because she didn't I, – I forgot exactly what um, what they were fighting about too, like whether or not who owned the brand, who owned the Call Her Daddy brand, who owned all of the stuff is something that Alex had to get very clear about negotiating. So I believe she did end up negotiating her IP. So she owns Call Her Daddy. And um, she has moved forward. So everybody at that time started to listen to the show because it was like reality show via podcast. Like she was like completely talking about it and like super disclosure through the entire thing. Everybody was watching her on like they, people were reporting on her on like gossip magazines like TMZ. And like, it was insane. It was crazy. And everybody was kind of thinking like she's going to fail. Nobody was really thinking she was going to make it. And as she started to do her stuff, she ended up doing very, very, very well. She found her groove. She started to get very connected to her audience. She started to organically grow her audience. And she really found her voice. Like she started, it was at first, it was kind of very much light, lighthearted. Girls talking about getting drunk and having sex with boys and men, and many of them, and very graphic. And then all of a sudden, she started to find a way in which she could talk about sexuality, relationships, therapy, mental health, like all of this stuff, having stars come in, not huge stars, but TikTok stars or like Instagram stars. And she she actually booked um, Miley Cyrus last year, which I only listened to her show during the entire thing because I wanted to be, you know, the gossip. And then I let it go because it's not my thing. I don't know. I didn't want to listen to her. And then she did an excellent job with Miley. Excellent show. I was like, wow, she's really done it. And she's continued to excel. And I was very proud of her. She did really good. And as of, I think, a couple of episodes ago, we covered that she was number five on PodTrack, which is unbelievable because the only four, the four people above her are all NPR, Dateline, NBC. And get this, Danielle. She... Edits her own show. Yeah, by hand. She does it. She crafts it. Her best friend and her mom help her craft the show. But she doesn't have a team. The team that she does have is um, like a video team because they do come whenever she does like live stuff. They go either to her house or her guest house and they have, you know, they have them set up and then they just tape it. But she does all the editing. So the money that she's getting, and one of the reasons why they got in a fight with Sophia is because she was getting more money than Sophia because Alex was doing all the editing. So she was getting paid to edit and be the host. 
And she's continued to edit her own show. She has a hand into absolutely everything. She taught herself absolutely everything to do what she's doing. So then her, you know, she's grown a ton. So that's why I think it's big because this is the very first time that I've seen somebody that I consider, even though she's always been paid a lot of money, um, she's more on the independent podcaster side to be able to do this. So thoughts, Danielle? Well, now that I know like the full, you know, backstory, this is even more exciting, right? It sounds like she's really been through a lot to get here. And this is just, again, one of Spotify's attempts at being able to have these wonderful shows be part of their brand um, and exclusive on their platform. So I'm going to continue to follow this to see what goes on. This is very exciting. Yeah. I'm a little concerned only from the fact that I know that Alex knows technically what she has to do for her show, but I'm not sure she knows about RSS feeds. And my biggest concern for her is that if she goes Spotify exclusive and she, um, you know, wants to, I guess, change her mind or leave or whatever, like who, where's that RSS feed? I would want to advise her, even if she signs this contract at Spotify, to make sure that she somehow keeps her show or an RSS feed or even like opens up an account with a host and has her back catalog all in there. Like she needs to have ownership of her back catalog to have that thing accessible at a moment. If anything goes crazy with Spotify to be able to just go like lights on here and everybody come, you know. Yeah, you pack up all your bags and just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Because mm-hmm. that's that's where I'm afraid of this stuff that might be happening for her. I'm happy that this is happening. And she's also, I guess, number five in Spotify, which is kind of admirable. I would push her if I were to, again, advise her to continue to speak into and bring a lot more awareness to obviously the mental health issues that she's bringing in. But I would challenge her to diversify the folks that are coming on her show. She is a reflection of exactly what you look at her. Alex is very pretty, young, blonde, cute athlete type of thing. And I feel that this is a really great opportunity for her platform to expand, to really start to bring the conversation around diversity, for sure, is what I'm I'm thinking that she might be able to do as well with her power. Then, are you a fan of... Oh, yes. Are you a fan? Yes. Okay, you take it away. <laughs> All right. So, Idris Alba, uh, the Idris Alba and Sabrina have... Uh, decided to create a podcast that launches June 24th called Couple Dumb. And I'm for me, I was just, oh, anything interest does is uh, <laughs> very exciting. And pretty much they plan to have guests like Kris Jenner, Kim Kardashian West, Ben and Jerry, Christian, just really talking about their shared experiences as being two partners in life and or business, how they have overcome and create extraordinary outcomes together. And I think it's going to offer a fresh perspective and just to see from that side of the veil, right, what's happening behind the scenes when you're multi-passionate, you're also very wealthy, you're a celebrity, and you have a spouse, and, and how does that work? So I'm I'm definitely interested to see how that plays. And then at the all the way at the bottom, <laughs> they just said that he revealed also that the long-awaited Luther movie is set to begin filming in September. Oh so then I just kind of lost it. I was like, finally, oh finally. <laughs> I love Luther. 
It's one of my favorite shows. Great, I like when I. Yeah, it's a great show. It's such a smart, smart show. But yeah, I think that my. At first, I was like, oh, not again. Like that was my. That was actually my first reaction. It was. I felt. Not that I don't love him. It's just that I thought, not another one. Another celebrity podcast. Yeah. and mm-hmm. But as I started to read, the thing that really stood out to me, the fact that they said that they're drilling into how they take revealing lessons for us to learn from and to apply in different aspects of our life. And also this part, the podcast allows us to hear the honest and intimate stories about the Elbus's own struggles while also bringing us closer to their guests than we've ever been before. That's actually the thing that got me to be able to hear that from the perspective of what it's like for them. And they're the boss. So I think that that's really the key here. They are, aren't they the producers for this thing? I believe. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that control, that creative control that they have going in this, I think it's key, which is one of the reasons that I love the Demi Lovato show right now, the 4D show, because it's her show. She's picking the content She's bringing a specific conversation, even though, again, it is another one of those shows that's like, oh, it's like a star, but she's interviewing people. But she has a very specific lens and a very interesting voice and mission around her show. So I am looking forward to this. Mind you, though, it is exclusive. It is exclusive on Audible. Yes. It's also a six-part podcast. Right. So it sounds like a limited edition. It's, It's just at least for this first iteration. For me, my question is, how close are you to Kris Jenner and Kim Kardashian to have them on your show versus just having them on your show for the pull? Uh, so, yeah. so that was the question mark that I had. Yeah. But like you had mentioned, I do like the idea of being partners in life and being partners in business and how to navigate that, especially at that level, yeah. right? Um, so that I think is the unique perspective. But I do question some of these guests. Yeah. I'm just curious. I'm curious, curious. too, because that's when I saw that, I was like, what? But then I realized that the concept of coupledom is beyond what I thought. So at first Duos. when I read that, I thought, yeah. oh, it's just mm-hmm. they're married, they're romantically involved and have like a business together. But this is more of like the togetherness of of maybe there is an intimacy, but maybe it's not a romantic intimacy as mom and daughter coming in there and talking about that. But yeah, I, I question that as well. And I wonder, and I know we're totally speculating here, but I wonder if it's going to be kind of like the, have you seen the Oprah like mental health show that she's put on? I forgot what it's called. Is that the recent one? Yeah. The one with Prince Harry. The way that she has done that is even though there are a lot of like stars or bigger name people or like well-known folks that do specific things in their own industry, like she has a chef and then there's an athlete and things like that that come through that are famous. She has done it in a way that it's not really focused on one person. It's not like one episode is Prince Harry. The second episode is the, the chef that she had on. The next episode, like she hasn't done that. She has guided it through the mental health lens, talking about certain aspects of mental health, like maybe anxiety or compulsion or, you know, something to do with depression. And she'll weave the conversations from everybody else that she's put together to create an episode. So it's not the same. So I wonder if they're going to do that 
where there's a lot of people and then they craft a narrative around who they've had. I like that idea because that's even bigger creative control for somebody who, for them as a whole. I'd love to see that. Do you know, Elsie, how Audible is doing with podcasts at this time? No, I actually don't know. The interesting thing is that I have seen it. You know, we, there is a huge push from Amazon Music and Audible for folks to really pay attention as a whole in terms of making it a destination for people to listen to podcasts. So they are actively reaching out. We just published a blog post on the Lipson blog where they emailed Rob specific steps on how to get featured in Amazon Music and, you know, how to pitch your show, like what, you know, like all kinds of stuff, like step by step and exactly like what email to send, which feels to me that they're really wanting to get to know the industry Engaged. and the, yeah, yeah, and like their audience and who's coming in and they're really trying to push this forward. So I think that they are really investing a lot of time in there. And one thing that I love is that they have before when Audible first started to have like special things like this, they named it different. They changed the name. They Audible Originals, I think it was called, but there was no podcast attached to it. And they really refused the podcasting name. They were like no, no, no. We are not going to call it that. This is they they wanted something extra special. And then they cha- they kind of changed it. And they were like, might as well go with the podcast. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So Make it plain. Make it plain. Make it yeah. plain. Make it plain. So that's a great question. I think that they're really pushing forward. I'm not sure how well it's doing, but I do feel that for all of us, this is the time to if we want to get visibility on our shows, invest some time on Amazon Music and Audible stuff because it's beautifully designed, meaning like the, being able to like read the stuff and like see new shows. The algorithm is different than Apple Podcasts. Um, it's not the same at all. So that there's a lot of new things that pop up when people start to search. And I've been able to find a bunch of shows that I've never, that have never popped up on search before for me. So there's a lot of really good stuff. And I think that you might get visibility if you pitch yourself appropriately you know, you can get, they'll probably pick you up much sooner than pitching Apple Podcasts because it's like, right. who does that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on to our next little bit of news here. So this is an interesting project and I, and I brought it over here. This is an Indiegogo campaign and it's called The Cube and in it's Q-U-B-E. And it's a BIPOC QTPOC audio streaming app. At this point in time, they are still striving to hit their uh, $75,000 goal. They're around uh, $12,000, almost $13,000 here. They have 18 days left. So if anybody's interested in the things that we're talking about, please feel free to, to go and support the vision. Yes. So pretty much what they're trying to do is that they are developing an app that centers and creates a space where Black, Brown, and queer and trans people of color, their art and their work can be centered on and celebrated. And it's being powered right now by E3 Radio, which is majority Black-owned, black black, Black queer women owned, and the team is composed of Black LGBTQ business owners, advisors, and champions. 
this is really an opportunity for you to invest in underrepresented creatives, to amplify queer and independent musical artists, to uh, contribute to the compensation of podcast creatives, and really to support the creation of a curated hub of quality content. And I know that putting on something like this, I'm sure is, is challenging, right? Not only from the technology side, but even in sharing their story, it, you could see that this is something that needs to happen. Like they're just not being represented. And the, even in the, the press release, they're saying that it's hard to find content that serves this community as well. So being able to aggregate everything, put it together, I think is very exciting. I hope this like really succeeds and, and gets the funding it needs and deserves to push push forward. Yep. It's a really interesting project to be able to have everything underneath one place. You know, I haven't looked at the videos and I want to look at those videos too. I think as a as a mission, I'm all in for this. I think it's absolutely important and necessary. And everything you just said, like we need to be able to support projects like this and look at this as something important and something successful. I think my only concern with this is the fact that it is, it's an app and it comes from my understanding or, and I'm sure you, and you, and I know that you've had some experience on this as well. It is really hard to break people's habits and to have people go somewhere else to consume their content, even though you believe in them. <laughs> and there's a lot of folks like I, there's been many times when I'm like, here's the money. I forget you. I, not because I don't want you, but because I have my own way of consumption and your habits. Yeah. It's so hard to break that down. And I'm not, and that's my only concern there. It's like, how is that going to happen? And I was thinking in terms of UI, I don't know if you've seen all of the negativity that has come out to, for Apple podcasts in what they've done with their app as of late, where there's a lot of people who are deeply upset by the UI changes that Apple has brought forth, where it has essentially destroyed. And this is from listeners, not even from podcast producers. This is from listeners who are like, I was listening to my show and now I really don't even know what to do anymore. Everything has changed. I can't find my episodes. They're gone. I have to do like, so there's a lot of just dissent (laughs) from folks who were so committed to Apple Podcasts. So I can absolutely see obviously a need for an app that's really solid and it's it's outlined for consumption. But there's a difference between a Spotify consumption aspect of it, like the way that you listen to music and what you love about listening to music and Spotify's, uh, the Spotify's of the world, and then how folks listen to podcasts and the slight differences like that. Like one of the key features for me is that I need to have clickable links in the show notes. I'm not going to listen to an app that doesn't have that. I just hope that they've addressed some of those issues and that's it. That's really my only thing. I hope, I wish them to succeed. I just hope that they've done some research and understand the difference between consuming music and consuming podcasts, something which Spotify, for all of the criticism that we give them, have started to really, like they've given features really well thought out stuff that they've started to expand for the younger, especially the younger audiences out there and the more diverse voices. They know how they consume stuff and they've listened to podcast listeners. 
Yeah. My comment also for this one is importance of building an audience. Mm. So as you're working on building the app, making sure that you have not only your financial backers, but just have an audience of people who are excited about your product, excited about the shows and artists that you're going to have featured and just be doing a lot of promo leading up to that. Because like you mentioned, it's you're going to create an app, but you have to have the listener base to follow, you know, and it, it goes hand in hand. And then the other thing in in the release also that I was questioning for a quick second was that they had mentioned that they have a listening team that listens to the shows. And then there's a guy that scores each piece of content in terms of production quality, delivery, important elements that make up a good podcast. Mm. And for me, I still question like, what's a good podcast? And right this panel that is going to qualify and score a good podcast that could be a little, I don't know, problematic. I don't know. I I just, I just find it interesting that that was included in that. Yeah. I'm also curious, will you or one be able to listen to their own shows? Because I would like the ability, like, let's say I really love, let's say the app is amazing. I'm all in. I love all this stuff. I love this content that's being like brought up and I'm like in it. But I also have existing shows that I listen to all the time. And I would love to import that into this app. Will that be a thing? Will I be able to have my own shows so that that's kind of, I use it in the same way that I would use Castro, which is my favorite podcast app of choice to be able to do that and import my own shows into the RSS feeds. I mean, the RSS feeds into there. So I don't know if there's like manual addition to that. because Or I, vice versa too. Like can these shows that are featured on the app be available on all the other apps? Because for me, it's like you could have a central place where folks know, okay, this app is dedicated. Like, you know, you have a lot of apps, like the Calm app and all the things. Like when you go to these apps, these apps are dedicated to a particular focus, but it could still, the content could still be available elsewhere. I think that will help with just exposure and being able to be able to be in front of more audiences, more people that may be interested. I think that you just really highlighted some of the issues that we've seen lately as well. And that's something that I've started to talk about a lot when people ask me, like, how do you grow your audience? Or like, what's your social media marketing? You know, like when I do a lot, all of these teaching sort of workshopy type stuff of how do you create a really solid or like best practices for podcasters? Um, one thing that I've really started to talk about a lot, and, and it was really coined by one of my friends, Seth Ressler from the Jacobs Media blog, where he wrote a blog post about the difference between discovery and consumption and how those two are different behaviors. And it really solidifies something that internally I was already teaching, but I didn't have a names. Like I didn't, I didn't know what to name, whatever it was. I was coming up with the different ways to really qualify what that was. And then when he wrote that piece, I was like, exact, that's exactly it. Which means there's a lot of us that discover shows in different places, maybe going into that app and just like, I don't know. I, I love to look into my um, Libby app to find new audiobooks to listen to. And I'll go in there and I'll spend an hour browsing books, I'm not listening to it. I'm browsing, reading what they're about. And then I'll like tag them as like, oh, that's a good mystery for later. Or like, that's a great biography. I need to listen to that. And I'll just curate them in the app, but I'm not listening to them. I'm not consuming them. I'm just finding them. It's that sense of discovery. So, and then whenever I'm ready, 
I can just really quickly go find it and then I'll listen, right? And I do that with podcasts as well. Like I email them to myself or I will message myself an article where they're being mentioned because I'm not ready to subscribe yet. I just want to know where to get them. And then I'll go back and I'll grab them and then I'll put them in my episode of, you know, what, however I'm listening. So I think that you just really nailed that for sure to understand the difference. And is that okay? Would that be okay to not listen in the app? Or is that like a KPI that they're looking to really sell investors on and they might miss the mark? I don't know. I like how um, Patrick is like, are they wanting to you drop your old shoes? It's like, no, dude, shows. <laughs> He's like, shows. <laughs> oh, my God. So speaking of Patrick, he did send us some feedback. You want to play it, John? Hey there, Elsie and Jess. This is Patrick Keller of Lady Business Radio. Oops, I mean, uh, Big Seance <laughs> Podcast. And I just it. wanted to reach out to tell you, please keep the birds. Oh, please keep <laughs> the birds. Okay, that's all. Love you. <laughs> mean it. <laughs> so this is a little inside baseball here, Danielle. Last week, Jess and I recorded for the very first time. I got, I'm not recording in my studio a lot of weeks because my girls are in town going to camp. And so I had, I had to set up and do a live in the city. And so I set myself up and I found a place and there were tons of birds. So they love the birds because we were like, it's going to be really loud with the birds. And the birds were there and he liked the birds. Last episode, Jess also was closing the show and she said Lady Business Radio is her past show that she hasn't produced now since like 2013. And she said, thank you for listening to Lady Business Radio. Oh, wait. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she podcasts. So thanks, Patrick, for the feedback. We love it. We love it. Love you. All right. Um, moving on to, uh, oh, my gosh. So this thing about Twitter. What do you think about this, Danielle? Twitter may be close to launching super follows. A new research shows what it could look like. This is an article from The Verge. So I know we, you and I once in a while touch base with each other on Twitter. So I know you're on Twitter. I am. I am. You've got a very great vibe on Twitter. I love how you use Twitter is one of my favorite ways in which you use Twitter. You're very like natural, very like just off the cuff. And you always make me smile because I gotcha with all the things you're saying. I'm like, yep. <laughs> this is about essentially creating um, like a newsletter type thing. Yeah, like a not newsletter, but what do you call it? Like a paid thing. Yes. So pretty much it's creating a paywall for those who want exclusive content um, on Twitter. So similar to like YouTube, there are folks who have like a super chat on YouTube mm. where it's like you, you know, you pitch in maybe while the YouTuber is live or you're in a subscription program with them and you get access to this exclusive content. And what I did like about this is Right now, Twitter doesn't take a cut of these like oh. tip jar donations and they do support several payment options like Cash App, PayPal, and Venmo. But for me personally, I don't know how many people I would pay to get access to exclusive tweets. Right? I don't know. I'm not sure. I can't think. Maybe I can think of one person off the top of my head who potentially... Mm -hmm. 
but I don't know personally if this would be something that I would be interested in supporting. I like the tip jar aspect, but now having a promise that, hey, I'm going to provide you valuable content in addition to my, my feed as a content creator, I don't know if I would, I would do this for myself. Uh, let's see what Tamara has to say there. She said, every app is going to have a paywall option soon. As a content creator, it feels like it's going to be a bit much. I would not pay for exclusive tweets, especially if I already support elsewhere. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're already paying them somehow, you're part of their Patreon or exclusive podcast content or Substack, right? And now they add this. I don't know. I think that maybe for journalists, like this is something for more that is is aimed for journalists for like um, more analysis on, um, you know, content that maybe only a few folks can really discern, but it has to be like large platforms, very niche commentary on goings on either politically, historically, or maybe in your industry that happens to not have those minds that are there very much. But I don't think, and, but the, and these people must already have like a, I mean, a following on Twitter and know how to work it. And that's already shown to them. So people are reacting to a lot of their stuff. Because I'm not sure how the execution would be. Would it be threaded tweets? <laughs> right? Like discoverability needs to be something, being able to go back into the archives yeah. and really be able to see all of the past tweets, right? And then for me as a content creator, I am just getting concerned about spreading myself so thin, yeah. asking for all of my audiences to contribute everywhere that they see me. So for me, I'm more so, I want to be able to have one place that mm -hmm. all of my extra perks and extra content lives. And that could be a one place mm -hmm. um, that I'm not saying, hey, you know, join me on YouTube and, and pay me there. Join me on this and pay me there. Join me. Like, it's just, it, it could be a lot. But at the same time, at least for me, I've realized that my audiences, there is some cross-pollinations across apps. People on Twitter may follow me on Instagram, but my Instagram audience personally is completely different yep. Like from my Facebook audience. Mm -hmm. So I understand why these platforms want to provide monetization opportunities for creatives. But again, the whole spreading yourself thin and creating things on separate apps, it could be difficult as a content creator juggling all of these things. I'm more apt to feel myself tipping somebody than subscribing as a super, whatever, super tweeter. I don't know what their heck it was. Super follows. Super, super follows. follows. Yeah. Yes. So I'm not sure I'd, I'm up for that label, but I tip you, right? I think that there's been a lot of value that I've gotten from many folks that are on Twitter and the kind of time and attention that they put into coverage for so many different things, particularly in the political space. I do. I have valued a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of folks out there who are doing really great work to amplify so many different discussions that you really don't see on mainstream media and, and analysis that you don't really ever read anywhere. I'm cool with that, right? I'm cool with tipping them, but I'm not sure I'm, I, no, I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to be a super follower. It's already so hard with so, you're right. It's like it, I'm being pulled in so many different directions. And as a creator, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, just like you're thinking. Like, I'm I'm still trying to figure out how to use reels. Like, you know, even like to in a point that feels great, right? There's a difference between me having fun on an app 
and doing fun things and then being really tactical and strategic about what I'm putting out there to really add to the bottom line, which at this point in time, I've had to like let go of a lot of the fun because I have things happening here. I have like fleas to deal with, you know what I mean? (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to make a funny like reel about anything like that if uh, I need you to buy my membership. (laughs) <laughs> and yes. that's like that's really what where I I draw the line with a lot of these things. So it'll be really interesting. So if anybody thinks that they would pay or they would consider tipping somebody or your thoughts about the super followers over on Twitter, you can email feedback at shepodcast.com and let us know. Let us send us some feedback on audio feedback just like uh, we just had over here and we were able to do it. Patrick was amazing when he sent it all in there. Okay, so moving into a little bit of this is I think we're going to just um, touch on a lot of this stuff in terms of the discussion here, Danielle, and maybe we can close out the show and kind of like, or would you like to skip to the tool tips? It's up to you. I'll, I'll yeah. let you lead on this. <laughs> you can skip the discussion, move to something that you want to f- close the show with, and then we'll we yeah. Can I think that the Instagram adding affiliates and shop features okay. was really interesting. So I would love to jump into that. Okay, let's go ahead and do some tool tips. Elsie's tool tips. Okay, so Instagram has recently launched an affiliate uh, program. And their goal is really to offer creators an opportunity to make more money and new ways for creators to make money on the platform. And they're pretty much have been testing out a native affiliate tool, which allows creators to recommend products available on checkout, share them with their followers and earn commission for sales, their posts drives. So when creators make these posts, the text eligible for commission with air quotes will appear beneath the username in the same way that sponsored content labels appear. Hmm. So I thought that this is good, but it feels late. <laughs> it feels like finally <laughs> you figured um, it out people. Yeah. <sighs> And what I what I really thought that was interesting is in this article, they were talking about how TikTok has established a creator fund of $200 million, which allows popular posters to earn money from their videos. We know that YouTube has, has done this as well. They have their... They have a, a kind of like a shorts that they think that they call it, mm-hmm. where they're able to... Uh, provide their top creators with um, income as well. So I do feel like a lot of these apps have already established big money to put Mm -hmm. aside for content creators. And I just feel that this is kind of, it's like late. Like, you know how much money was on the table for years that content creators have missed out on? Yeah. So I'm I'm just a little just, I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's, and I mean, one thing that's really interesting is that it's available. It says it's available immediately and that you're able to do your personal profiles, not just business ones, which I think this is actually really interesting to me as well, because it looks to me that the majority of, you know, all of the resources or all of the fun features are generally aimed towards a business account, right? They have like the extra analytics, they show you all the extra things. And those personal ones don't really actually get that 
kind of a thing. Uh, I guess, I mean, you and then you can tip it. So I guess you can do that too. You can send them money. Mm. Uh, one thing that I wasn't really a big fan of is that they had said this blurb that it's going to be free for content creators up until 2023. And after 2023, the content creators will pay a fee. Um, they said less than 30% uh, would be a fee for Facebook. So at the end of the day, they're creating a new income stream for themselves. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. like, I, I mean, mean, this is, I mean, this is business, right? Yeah. This is business. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's really interesting. Are you really doing it for the content creators or are you just doing it for yourself? Isn't that the question all the time though? Mind you though, I'm curious as to how this is going to play out if you add podcasting to the mix, because I would say rumors are, but I know for sure that there are some meetings happening with Facebook and some of the industry folks out there, the ones that establish your infrastructure to for podcast delivery. So podcasts are coming to Facebook. They are. And part of it is not going to be like Spotify, which is it's a little bit more of a silo. Mind you, Facebook is a silo, meaning like, the, you know, they want you to, to go in there. But I do believe from at least the rumors that I've heard that they're really focusing on the RSS feed in order for that to happen. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see if that's going to add even another layer. Mind you, that's coming to Facebook. I don't doubt that you're going to be able to in some way share your shows into Instagram or do what we're doing right now, which is we're streaming on Facebook right now. And maybe we can in some way stream to Instagram and get paid, right? And like have like, this is the live stream for She Podcasts. Give us some money if you enjoy us on like this, right? And then we can just repurpose. Obviously, this is for audio because even then there's a little bit of editing, but a lot of folks don't get the fancy stuff that we have on the side. Like they miss the chat. They miss our fun banter at the beginning, at the end. And when we mess up, like all of that stuff is usually taken out. And so you don't get like the full thing. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious as to how all of this is going to go. But interestingly enough, I haven't been using Instagram. So give me really quickly, Danielle, if you could. And it was like, essentially, you had all the support you know, at your disposal to just kind of like dream it up and go like, oh, we can turn this this income stream on real quick. What would you do for for yourself, for WOC podcasters or in Instagram? On Instagram. So I really do like that they have now this badges where if you're doing a live stream, let's say you're going live, that your audience can now just give you a badge and send between, you know, just offer you a tip. Uh -huh. So I really do like that. <sighs> I don't know. Also, like I'm from coming from like a personal finance angle, like I'm yeah. a personal finance podcaster. And I just get really concerned about having all these apps that we spend so much time in having all of our bank account information and we can yeah. just send out money like just like without even thinking about it and the consequences of that. Yeah. So that's coming from like a personal finance content creator yeah. side. Um, I don't know. This is, this is interesting to see how it emerges, but Personally, when I'm on Instagram, I'm looking for inspiration. I'm not necessarily a hot lead looking to buy right now. Right. 
So it's just inspiration. I love collecting things and having them in my collections and being able to browse them later. But that's about it for me for Instagram. So that habit has to change yes. if I'm gonna, yeah, if I'm gonna go through go through this. You'd have to do till it completely change it. But mind you, talking about changes though, talking about now WOC podcasters and the big transition that you did this year, <laughs> where you had a really, really like great Facebook group that came out, you know, the history of WOC podcasters. I think we've covered it here ever since the Spotify, you know, boot camp came around and how there was so many applications that came through and it kind of like came from there and you had so many people engaging with that platform and um, it grew and grew and grew and grew and you made a very challenging choice to shut it down and go away. So, I mean, still, I mean, you still have a thing happening. You still have, yes. but now you've redid it. So give us a little bit of, of why, what your thinking was and, and how it's going. Yes. So as Elsie said, we had a Facebook group since 2018 devoted to women of color podcasters. Over that three-year period, we grew to 4,300 members, which was very exciting. Um, I tried everything to monetize. I had a Patreon. I had workshops. I had audits. I had done any, I felt like I did everything I could uh, to to monetize. And monetization is really important for sustainability. There, there's just a lot of hours that come to creating a safe space online. That you know, for we didn't want to go into a Facebook group where there is constantly being ads and promotions, and you're just being sold to and and forced to listen to all these things. No, we wanted it to yeah, be yeah. a safe space, which takes a lot of time and takes a lot of my time. I had team members who I could not compensate. All the tools that we were using were on my dime. And I said, you know what? If each of our community members gave us a dollar a month, we would be so much further along. $4,000 a month. We could be paying, you know, have a team. We could be doing more than we're even doing right now. So it was something that I had thought about for a while. I, I was thinking either we monetize or we just close this down because it's not sustainable. And when there are opportunities to leave tips and opportunities to contribute for the betterment of the community, it wasn't being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. So I decided to close down the Facebook group and now move to a paid community model. Uh, we use this platform called Circle, which has become very popular over the last year. I love it because it's a combination of Facebook and Slack. Mm -hmm. So you have the organization of Slack, but you can still comment and like, and you could DM people. And I love it. I think it's really great. And there's no ads. There's no exhaustion from Facebook. It's just a dedicated space where you can go ahead and, and communicate with other people in a like-minded space. And now that we have funding, we have been able to do so much in like three months. Like we have a, a top-notch job board. We have grants and opportunities. We are doing so many more things now that we have the funding. The community is a fraction of what it was, uh, you know, with a free Facebook group. But right. I'm so committed to the people who have said, you know what? I'm willing to part ways yep. and be here. I'm willing to contribute and I'm willing to to, to be here and learn. Um, so I'm very grateful and we're slowly going up. <laughs> we're, <laughs> yeah. slow, we're slowly going up, yeah. but that funding is everything. That funding is so important. Oh my God. I'm so proud of you, of everything that you've done, Danielle. You've, you're really a powerful, powerful, smart 
person in the space that I feel everybody needs to not only invest in, but because you have such incredible ideas to be able to help not just yourself, but everybody around you, if you so choose (laughs) to do so, you know, and it's been just an amazing thing for you to be able to be really smart about this. And I think that that's one thing that I love about Danielle, that like you, in the same way that she podcasts was built, it was an accident in some way, right? It was like, I need this, we need this, let's do this. And then all of a sudden, it like blew up. And then you're just like, okay, we didn't come into it with like, this is what we're going to do. And it's so unwieldy to be able to manage something that is outside of your power, you know, and all of that stuff. And I'm just really hats off to you for taking the lead on this and to be able to put your, you know, to continue to strive to serve your audience in the way that you've been doing it. So if anybody fits um, what Danielle is doing with her community of the Women of Color podcasting space, uh, not only the community, but your membership too, with all of the education that you're putting out, there's going to be a link in the show notes and you can very easily support Danielle with your dollars and with the amazing community that she's creating behind the scenes. So thank you, Danielle. I am super stoked to have had you come in today. <laughs> thank you, Elsie. How yeah, did I yeah. do? Did I do okay? <laughs> you did fantastic. So now we're just going to close out the show. And and everybody, if you want to follow, is it WC, uh, WOC Podcasters almost everywhere, correct? Yes, everywhere. Yes, everywhere, yes. everywhere. And Danielle, can you give us just really quickly, maybe the one place that you really love or a couple places that you love people to connect with you today? Yes. Connect with me personally on Instagram. I'm at the Danielle Desir on Instagram. Let me know that you heard me on She Podcast or watched a video. And I'm also really active on Twitter as well, at the thought card on Twitter. And I'm very random, like Elsie said, random (laughs) and maybe abrasive sometimes, but it's fine. All in good banter. (laughs) All in good banter. It's all good. (laughs) Yes. So, okay. And then you can obviously connect with She Podcast everywhere. We are at She Podcast on all the places. And please, please, please go ahead and buy your ticket for She Podcast Live. We are so excited. We're going to get more updates to you coming up possibly next week. Um, of everything that we're sifting through. We're really, really psyched. Again, links are all in the show notes. And thank you so much for attending live. And we will chat with you next week. And so now I'm going to say this, Danielle. I'm going to say love you. And then you say mean it. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Love you. Mean it. Yay. Bye. Bye, everybody.